0: good to be here tonight and share a word with you. Um, I think we're going to have a little fun tonight because I'm looking forward to doing something that I know God wants to do in our lives. And um, tonight I want, I'm in a mood to slay some giants. Praise the Lord. I want to slay some giants. And tonight what's what we're going to do? We're going to talk about slaying giants in our lives. And uh, the purpose, my purpose and my prayer is for us to be able to f- identify these giants and to help overcome them and come against them so that we can live a successful life. You know, there are many giants. I, I, I say giants, but there are issues and there are circumstances. And, but I like to call them giants because a lot of times these issues that we deal with uh can become so overwhelming. And what giants do is it, it keeps us at a standstill, and it prevents us from moving forward. It prevents us from uh, growing and developing and, and being in a place where God wants us to be and enjoying the best that God has for us. Sometimes when God is calling us to be at this level, we're still at this level because of these certain giants in our lives. Right. And tonight we want to identify them. And most of you already know what giants are in your life that are preventing you from moving forward in your life. But then there are the little giants. You know the, you know, the Bible says that the little foxes spoil the vine. So it's the little things that can even become tremendous giants in our lives. And how about the hidden giants? Giants that we're not even aware of, that have been hindering us and preventing us from moving forward and getting to where God wants us to be. Uh, giants are just just one of the biggest hindrances and stumbling blocks in our lives. And when we learn to identify them and then confront them so that we can slay them, then and only then can we enjoy the very best that God has. And tonight I want to look into uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to read the story of David and Goliath, one of the favorite stories in the Bible. But I believe that if we follow the principles that David uh, followed in slaying Goliath, we can also do the same in our lives as we face our giants and slay them as well. So why don't we go to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 17. Praise the name of the Lord. So are you all in the mood to slay some giants in your lives? Okay, well, praise the Lord then. 1 Samuel chapter 17. So we want to start off by, first of all, just giving you a little background here but the army of israel was about to do battle with the army of the philistines and so they both met up one on one side of the mountain the other army on the other side of the mountain between the valley and what the philistine had though were was a a, an ace in a hole um, a secret weapon if you will called goliath And in verses 4 through 7, the Bible describes Goliath as being a a monster of a man, a man who's 9 feet, 9 inches tall, almost 10 feet tall. It goes on to describe the type of armor that he was wearing. It talks about how this armor was about 200 pounds. The very head of the spear weighed about 25 pounds. And the author takes the time to really describe this. Now, when you read this, you find, well, this guy's pretty intimidating. And that's when we, when we look at giants in our lives. <clears throat> when we look at them, they become so overwhelming. And it, it seems like it's also intimidating to us as well. And then as he continues on describing this giant, in verse 8, this giant steps out and stands before the army of Israel. And he says, As he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now, in verse 11, it says, and when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, that word is interesting, dismayed, because it means stealing or robbing or destroying your courage. And the reason for that is because not one man in Israel stood up and was willing to stand uh, before uh, this Goliath and go toe-to-toe with him. You know, Goliath is like a huge um, bully who goes around taunting and, 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 and provoking, picking fights, but always with someone he knows he can beat up. And this giant was arrogant and merciless and intimidating, and he would taunt them and mock them. And ridicule them. It's interesting because the word, he's called a champion of the camp of the Philistines. And the word champion means strong tyrant. The word Goliath means to denude or to strip as in shame or to disgrace or to lead into captivity. And so everything that Goliath did was to disgrace the army of Israel Stripped them of of honor with the words that he was speaking, taunting him, ridiculing him, mocking them. And so he continues on. Now look down in verse 16. And the Philistine, this Philistine, this giant, drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. In other words, this giant would come out every day for 40 days, one time in the morning. And one time in the evening, taunting and intimidating. Every day. That's 80 times. Imagine having to listen to that every day. And each day he went out and taunt. The children of Israel continue to stay right where they're at. And notice what the Goliath is doing. He's not keeping one man at a standstill. He's keeping a whole army And so I want you to see what he's doing. This one giant is preventing Israel from moving forward. In those 40 days, they've not advanced. They've not tried to um, go along to the side and flank them. They didn't try to go around them to try. They didn't even put up a fight. Because their courage was lost and destroyed by this one giant. And because of the words that was coming out of his mouth was intimidating them. These giants that are in our lives do the same thing. And one of the ways we can defeat these giants is by first identifying them. How many of you have identified your giants tonight? Well, what, are, what kind of giants are we talking about? Well, I mean, they can be a number of things. Um, they can be financial struggles. There's a huge giant right there. It can be pride. It could be job struggles. You know, you hate your job. And you got to deal with it every day. That can be a giant. (coughs) It could be your health issues. That can be a huge giant in your life. Anything that prevents you from moving forward, anything that prevents you from advancing, anything that prevents you from moving closer to God and becoming more and more like Christ is a giant in your life. It's a hindrance that's preventing you from enjoying all that God has. And so tonight we want to identify them giants. And I trust that the Spirit of God will reveal to you and help you identify those hidden giants that you may not be aware of. So I want you to look at this now. Verse 16, okay, and he says, He comes out every night taunting and ridiculing and mocking the children of Israel, causing them to stay and not move. Now, one of the things that we need to understand when we're going to identify these giants, is that we need to understand, first of all, we need to believe that God wants us to be free. Amen? You can't identify something so that you can confront it unless you believe that you can, uh, that, you, that God wants you to be free from these things, okay? Otherwise, there's no point in even facing them. There's no point in even identifying them if you don't believe that. So, but what I need you to do is, first of all, know what you're up against, uh, go with me to Ephesians chapter six. Just hold your finger there at first Samuel. chapter 6. This call has been a giant in my life, but praise God I'm overcoming it. <laughs> praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 12, says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So if you want to know where the true culprit is, it's the spiritual forces that are around us that are behind all of these and motivating these giants to, to, uh, to hinder our lives. So that's what we need to know. We need to know what are we up against. Well, it's a spiritual matter, first of all. These spiritual wickedness that are in heavenly places are the ones that are behind these things. It's a lot of times we look at and, and, and we face these giants in our lives, and all we can see is those giants. And a lot of times we look at them and they're overwhelming to us. And, and, and a lot of times we wonder, are we ever going to get out of this? Are we ever going to overcome this? Several years ago, uh, when I was a young Christian, um, you know, as a young Christian, I had a lot of giants that I had to deal with. Uh, But the moment I got saved, I overcame several. But there were a couple that were still huge giants in my life that were hindering me from moving forward. One of those things was cigarette smoking. Now, I hadn't been smoking for a long time. I started later in life. But uh, it was long enough to uh, form a habit. And um, being a born-again believer and coming to church, um, it used to bother me because I would feel guilty and and convicted because, I I mean, I, I... I don't feel like I was a part of the church. And because, I mean, i go to church and worship the Lord and, and I enjoy the sermon and, and enjoy the fellowship. Then i go home and go into my car and i drive maybe several blocks away from the church and then i light up a cigarette. And it would be like that every Sunday, you know, Wednesday nights and on Bible studies. And it used to bother me. And so I decided I'm going to try to quit. So I'm, I'm just going to give it up. But no matter how often I tried, I failed. And I made several attempts to stop, to get this this giant out of my life, but I could not do it. And so after a year of trying to quit and and, and making several attempts and failing constantly, I realized that, um, I I actually believed that this was, you know, I couldn't kick it. I mean, no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it. One day I went, one night I went to a Jimmy Swagger conference. How many of you remember Jimmy Swagger? Oh, Yeah. And that's when he was at his, at his best. And he was at the Boston Garden, and I went up there with a friend a, with two packs of cigarettes in my pockets, as a matter of fact, a pack of cools, menthol. <laughs> and as I went there and I drove there and, and, we, and we, we sat there and we enjoyed the service. It was a powerful message. But you know what? I could not tell you what exactly what it was he preached. but whatever it was broke the power destroyed that giant. I don't know what it was, but I knew at the end of that conference that this was the last time I was going to smoke a cigarette. And so when I got in the car, I was so excited. I knew that I knew that I knew in here that that giant was gone and destroyed. And so as I got into the car, those two packs of cigarettes, I threw it in the trash on my way out out of the Jimmy Swagger concert, I mean, uh, uh, conference. Went home, and man, I'll tell you, and did not have a desire to smoke. Amen. Praise the Lord. But but here's what I've learned: that no matter how hard I tried, I could not do it. I cried out to the Lord, and I prayed, and I prayed. When you're facing your giants, remember this: you're in for a fight. If you're not ready to fight, then you're not ready to face your giants. Sometimes the fight can be over in, in a matter of minutes. Sometimes it's an ongoing fight. I like what Paul says in his last letter to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. And I kept the faith. When Paul began his ministry, the fight began. He fought against Judaism. He fought against paganism. He fought against strife and division in the church. He fought against immorality. He fought against his fellow Jews. He fought against his, uh, the, the Gentiles. No matter where he went, he fought. But it was a fight that he was ready to battle. He was a fight that he was ready to get into. But it wasn't him by himself. He says, by the grace of God that I am what I am. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And because he considered himself the least of all the apostles, but it was his grace that elevated him to that position of of apostleship to preach the gospel and to fight this fight of faith. So when you're facing these giants, be prepared to fight. Because it's going to be stubborn. These giants don't want to go. In Goliath, every day for forty days would continue to taunt and taunt and taunt. These uh, these giants in your life, they're probably taunting you, probably reminding you. One of the things you have to recognize, once you've identified this giant, and once you realize, and once you believe with your heart that that God wants you to be set free from these things, another thing that you have to recognize is the voice of these giants. Again, going back to Goliath. In the morning, he began to taunt. In the evening, he come back and taunt again. Then he'll start again the next day, 80 times. How many of you go to bed at night being taunted by these giants? Perhaps maybe you're struggling with your job. You hate your job. Your boss hates you. The people in your job are negative, constant swearing, constant negativity and you, can't, and you hate going there you're, you're not getting benefits, you're not getting paid, you're expected to work long hours and you listen to this every night and you lose sleep to get up in the morning and hear the same voice again that's what I call taunting sometimes these giants speak to you perhaps maybe you're, you're, you're struggling with the, uh, your, your financial struggles you know, you get up in the morning and you start speaking to you. Your mortgage is due in a couple of weeks. How are you going to pay for it? What are you going to do? Your gas bill is just passed. How are you going to take care of that? You get up in the morning listening to that. You go to bed and you listen to the same stuff at night, keeping you up on tossing and turning. That's what giants do. Not only does it keep you at a standstill and keep you from moving forward, but it torments you. It taunts you. And what happens is that when you allow it to continue to taunt you, it causes fear. And you begin to lose your faith. And you become discouraged. And then you begin to start questioning God. But we need to identify these giants. Recognize its voice. And believe that God wants to set you free go with me to second Corinthians chapter three hold your finger at first Samuel second Corinthians chapter three three and verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty, Liberty, which means freedom. I like what Jesus says in John 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. Glory to God. So now, once you've confronted, I mean, once you've identified these giants, once you've recognized its voice, and once you believe that God wants to set you free from these things, now you're ready to confront these giants. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here we pick up after the Philistine came back in verse 16 and taunting them and over and over again for 40 days and and Saul and Israel did nothing. They were afraid. They were scared. They they didn't want to do anything to this giant. They didn't want to face him. They didn't want to confront him. David comes along. Now David had no idea what was going on. But his dad Jesse told him, listen, I want you to go to the battlefront. And I want you to bring this lunch to the commander. And while you're there, greet your brothers, check in on them, see how they're doing. And then come back and bring me some news about my sons. So David went out as obedient as he was. To his father, and he went to the battlefront to do exactly just that. Now, as when he came, he came at the moment when Goliath was doing one of his rants, and he happened to hear the words coming out of this giant's mouth. And he began to look at this giant and see how big he was. But more importantly, and probably to his surprise, he saw how the Israel's, uh, the army of Israel, responded. So going over to verse 23, it says, And as he talked, meaning David, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath, by name, out of the armies of the Philistine, and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw that man, fled from him and were sore afraid." Verse 25, and the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. It's almost like the king was bribing them. If anybody can step up and face this giant, we'll give you riches, we'll give you honor, and now you can even marry my daughter. But nobody stood up. Unless Until David stepped in. in. Verse 26. And then David spake to the men that stood by him saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? Now this is what I want you to hear. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now it's interesting how he saw that. Because the army of Israel saw an impossible obstacle that could not be moved. And every day they had an opportunity to remove this obstacle, but they couldn't. David was the only one that saw this from a spiritual perspective because what he saw was an obstacle that needed to be removed and could be removed. He saw this as an uncircumcised Philistine, not some great giant, not some great intimidator, but an uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the army of the living God. You know, it's like saying, you mess with me, you mess with my father. That's how David was looking at it. Who is he, the nerve of this man, to defy God's people? And so David says, so after the uh, the men hearing this, word got to Saul that this we got somebody here that might be interested in stepping up and You know, tackle this giant. So Saul calls on David and going in verse 32 and David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. When David saw that this giant was defying, the, the army of the living God, this uncircumcised Philistine, he identified this giant, this obstacle. And immediately when he identified it, now he was ready to confront it. And he was telling the king, let me do it. You chill out, relax, don't worry about a thing, I'll take care of this. Now here's what I want you to see here. When David told Saul that he wanted to do this, verse 33, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're just a youth, and he is a man of war from youth. In other words, this is a man that's been fighting all of his life. This is a professional killer. He does this for a living. He does this for breakfast. You're just a kid. You're inexperienced. Can I say something to you? Don't ever say no in the presence of God. Don't ever say no in the presence of God. Remember the story of Jonah? When God told Jonah, I need you to go and preach this message to the city of Nineveh. Because if you don't, I'm going to bring judgment upon them. Imagine what Jonah said. He said no way, I'm never going to go there. I hate these people. These people are my enemies. Are you kidding me? And He ran. How did I work for him? How did I work for Jonah? You don't say no to God. Not in his presence. When, um, when Saul says, no, you can't do this. I'm sorry, you're too young. So David had to convince him. Let me read on. Verse 35, no, verse 34 says, And David said unto Saul, Listen, your servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of its mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. In verse 37, this is what I want you to see. David said, moreover, The Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And then Saul said, well, all right, go ahead. Sometimes when we're facing these giants, sometimes we have to remind ourselves and go back to our past victories and past testimonies and what God has done in our lives to boost up our faith and to remind us that the same God that delivered me several years ago is the same God that can deliver me today in this present, in this midst against these giants. And so David is, and again, keep in mind, he's just a young man, and all he's ever done in his life was 10 sheep. Not a very exciting life until he ran, you know, came against these bears and these lions. But that was part of his training. But understand this. David knew that when he was going to face or confront this giant he knew it wasn't going with his own ability but based on what God has done in his life in the past he says why would God change now if he was a deliverer then why can he not be a deliverer now praise the Lord and so after Saul said okay you can go before he sent him away, Saul went and tried to fit him with the armor and his sword. And of course, what happened was it didn't quite fit. And, 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 if, and I think that if David had gone out in battle like this, with this, all this armor that didn't fit him, it would probably hinder him from doing what he needed to do. So he said, you know what? I can't do this. I can't wear this. I, I've not proved myself. But I'm going to go the way I am. I'm going to take my staff, I'm going to take my slingshot, I'm going to take my little bag and just grab some rocks and put them in my pocket, and I'm going to go meet this this giant. These are the very tools that he uses to shepherd sheep. When you're facing giants, one thing you need to know is this, never face giants with someone else's armor. Never try going get into a fight with someone else's weapon. Amen. David just took what he had and said, Lord, this is what I am, this is who I am, this is what I have. And I'm gonna face this giant because he's defying the army of the living God. He's messing with you, Lord, because he's messing with your people. Amen. Quickly go with me. Okay, well, No, hold up there. Let's move on. Let's read on. And so Saul armed David with his armor. He put his helmet on, brass in his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon the armor. And he and essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these. For I have not proved them. And David put him off. And he took his staff, his hand, in his hand, and he chose him with five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew it near to the Philistine. Here's what I want you to see. Even though he had a chance to use armor and a weapon, but he realized that he can't use somebody else's weapon. You know, it's like fighting a good fight with someone else's faith. How do you do that? But rather take what you have. Now, all he had was stones. Now, it's not really much of a formidable weapon. But if God is involved, it can become a mighty weapon. If you can take what you have and be willing to confront these giants in your lives, it doesn't matter what you have, what, what weapons you use. If you, if you place it in God's hands and trust that God is going to be with you, he's going to help you to overcome those giants. Now understand, you're going to be in for a fight. So it may be a long, drawn-out battle, but you know what? Again, Paul didn't have one fight, but several fights. But he finished his course. He fought a good fight. But don't let a rock discourage you. God has done some great and mighty things with just minor little things. You know, when when Joshua crossed over the River Jordan and he was conquering all the lands of Canaan, which is the promised land that God had promised them, he came up with the walls of Jericho, the city of Jericho, and Jericho was considered the most fortified city in all the land. No one can penetrate it. Nobody can come against it. And the people that were in the city felt safe and secure because they believed that they could not be penetrated. But our love with God. See, again, never say no to God. Never say never in the presence of God. Because God took these uh, these soldiers, told them to march around the uh, the city, and then one day he says, I just want you to just give a big shout. And when they shouted, the walls came crumbling down. Not one soil was raised until the walls came down. If God can use a shout to come against such obstacles like the walls of Jericho, how much more can God do for us with the giants in our lives? Even the the minute things, these weak instrumentalities that God uses. And I believe that God uses those things just to glorify his name. You know, it's like a weakling, a little skinny guy coming in with a big, huge... You ever watched um, Mike Tyson... Every time he got in the ring, the ring, the fight only lasted two rounds. And he said, was watching them because, he, I mean, it didn't take long. He just annihilated these guys. Then one day I saw a great fight between him and, and Buster Douglas. How many of you ever saw the fight? Okay, all right, praise the Lord. That was the greatest fight because you had an underdog fighting this guy, this, this great champion, this menacing guy. I mean, you look at him, you look like you, it's like you, you, know, you want to run out the ring. Until he starts talking, then you realize, but anyways, that's (laughs) (laughs) he really hard. (laughs) But it was a great fight, but the underdog won. You know, sometimes we look at ourselves as underdogs, but that's what God loves to use the most is the underdogs, so that God can receive the glory. You know, one thing that God says is not of works lest any man should boast. But it is God that does these things. Amen. Let's read on. And so David, okay, so now he, now he's about to, he takes his stones, he takes his, 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 uh, his shepherd's tools, and he goes out to the field to face this enemy. And then when he faces enemy, again, the giant starts talking talking all kind of smack, talking all kind of junk, and just intimidating him, just talking and just talking down and taunting him. And he was even more angry because he saw his little kid coming up in, to fight against him. And here's what I want you to see. Verse 45. Again, David did not come with any weapons. He didn't have an army with him. All he had was stones. But more important, he came in the name of the Lord. Verse 45 said. Then said David to the Philistine. Thou comest to me with a sword. And with a spear. And with a shield. But I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of armies of Israel. Whom thou hast defied. Praise the Lord. And so when we. Go against these giants. In our lives. One of the greatest weapons we can use. Is the name of the Lord. Go to Psalm 44 real quick. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says, "For our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds." Hallelujah. It's one of our weapons that we can use. It's, not, it's mighty through God. It's not a weapon of flesh, not a weapon like a sword, but mighty through God. Hallelujah. Psalm 44, verse five says, "Though you shall we, though you shall, through you shall we push down our enemies. Through your name, shall we tread them under who rise up against us." Let me read that again. Through you shall we push down our enemies, and through your name shall we tread them under who rise up against us. I like what Mark 16:7 says, "And these signs shall follow them who believe, in your name, or in His name, we shall what? Cast out devils. So we have His name to come against these giants. And then what? David. What else David did was after he confronted this giant and telling him how this big man come with sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Then David started talking smack. Listen to what he said. He says, verse 46, he said, this day will the Lord deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and take your head off and I will give you the carcass of the, of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air. So now he was just giving back what this guy was given for 40 days. Sometimes we just need to just downright talk against these things and speak the word of God and just claim in the name of Jesus, you are going to be delivered in my hands in the name of Jesus. I come to you not with sword, not with an army, but in the name of the Lord. And I come against you in the name of Jesus and I cast you out of my life and you will not no longer taunt me. You will no longer hinder my life. You will no longer be a stumbling block because I come in the name of the Lord and the victory belongs to me. Because the Bible says I am more than a conqueror. He says that I'm a world overcomer. He says that I have the victory. Hallelujah. And if that's what the promise that God made to us then why should we back down from these giants in our lives? And why should we be intimidated by these things? And why should we let it hinder us from moving forward to do what God wants us to do? Sometimes you just have to just get downright mad and say, you know, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you know what I want you to do tonight? I want you to all stand up right now. By now you've already identified your, your, your giants and I want you to do something tonight. I want you to confront these giants tonight. Whatever they may be, I don't care how many they are. And then I want you to do what David did. I want you to go in the name of Jesus against this giant or these giants, and I want you to speak to it right now. So I want you to say this. Giants, giants in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus I, cast of I cast you out of my life. You will no longer be a stumbling block. You will no longer be a, no longer be a hindrance in my life. You You will no longer keep me from receiving what God has for me. You will no longer keep me from the promises of God. I will not be intimidated by you. You will not control my life. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. This day, no longer will you be a part of my life. I speak against you right now. And I say, "Be thou removed, be thou removed. and be thou cast into the sea and get out of my way, Because God has a call upon my life. my life. Now I want you to give him a shout of victory and watch? Hallelujah Hey Hallelujah! Addictions got to go. Financial struggles got to go. <laughs> Bad habits got to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bad attitudes got to go. Hallelujah. Job struggles got to go. Unemployment's got to leave. Hallelujah. Stumbling blocks have been removed. Now we have a clear path. Glory to God. My God can take a crooked path and make it straight. Oh, God. Woo, glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, Praise the Lord. You want me to be seated? Praise the Lord. Well, a night like this. Woo, man, I had some fun tonight. Woo, I feel some giants falling down right now. Whoa, glory to God. But if, if at this time, let's just close our eyes tonight and I want to give you an opportunity to deal with some more giants in your life. If you're here tonight and you have a giant in your life that's causing you to come closer to God and knowing the Lord Jesus in a personal way, and you want to remove these giants, you can do that tonight by simply taking a step of faith and saying, yes, tonight I want to give my life to the Lord. And I want to put these giants in his hands so that I can be free to serve God.